Hello and welcome to the Animation Industry Podcast. My name is Terry and you can support this podcast on Patreon. This week I'm chatting with Blake Dirksen, an LA-based stop-motion animator who's worked on titles like Alien Xmas, Crossing Swords, and Robot Chicken. In this chat, he's going to share the process behind his currently in-production independent stop-motion short film called The Other Space, which was inspired by his own journey through cancer treatment as a child, with the goal of helping other young cancer patients face their situations with courage. Now, before we get into this chat, this episode is sponsored by Hue, makers of colorful plug-and-play cameras for learning, work, and play. Originally designed for teachers, Hue cameras can also be used for creative activities such as capturing hand-drawn pencil tests and shooting behind-the-scenes footage, time-lapse videos, and of course, stop-motion animation. Their cameras have flexible, posable necks, manual focus controls, and they are compatible with DragonFrame, OBS, Twitch, Zoom, and many other camera apps. Visit HueHD.com to learn more and follow at Hue Cameras on social media for news, fun, and giveaways and get 10% off any Hue product from HueHD.com with code 10TerryAIP. And all of those details are in the description of this chat. And now without further ado, let's jump in. Hello, Blake. How's it going today? Uh, I'm doing well. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. I'm uh, not enjoying the super humid weather here in Toronto, but I heard you're just at the beach enjoying the super oh. hot weather in <laughs> California. So... <laughs> Well, you know, now I'm now I'm back at home where it's uh almost triple digits and crazy humid inside. So yeah. Well, you were just telling me about your frog, uh your pet your pet Pac-Man frog who loves humidity, so he's probably yeah. really loving yeah. that. No, she she is happy about that. I, she's not so jazzed about the heat sometimes, but we try to keep it cool for her. So Oh really? Okay. Cause yeah. Well, they aren't so jazzed. Aren't they from like a hot climate? They are, uh, but like 75 to 85 degrees is kind of like the ideal temperature for them. And yeah. so, you know, if it gets much hotter than that in here for us, then, you know, I'm kind of suffering too. But she, with her humidity, she feels it sooner. So, so what does a black man frog do to express that they're heat distressed? Just like melt? <laughs> um you know that would be kind of hilarious because she already looks kind of like a a burger if she just yeah. melted into a puddle that would be funny but no she um she gets more active actually which is oh. funny because pac-man frogs are ambush predators so her whole uh deal is kind of burrowing into one spot and mm. sitting there and just waiting for prey to walk by very sedentary it's once she starts moving that i get worried <laughs> oh my gosh interesting wow the life yeah the life of a pac-man frog um i learn something new every day <laughs> yeah <laughs> cool well let's talk about animation because that's uh that's what this podcast is about and you stop motion specifically so give me a little bit of a rundown on like if you know when you have to like submit a bio to like something or like give me a bio like in one or two sentences like what would you say about yourself um i i fell in love with stop motion in, in middle school um and uh since then my love for animations evolved and uh i i'm just enjoying working in the animation industry as a stop motion animator sometimes it's kind of slow but you know I, I keep at it because I love it. So 
Yeah, nice. Yeah. What are you what are you working on? You know, I want to talk about your film, The Other Space. But besides that, what are you what are you working on right now? Right now, uh, The Other Space is kind of my full-time commitment because I, I feel like um well the, the industry is kind of slow right now, but I also just um figure if I don't dedicate myself to this now, I don't I don't think it's ever really gonna gonna happen. Um so just trying to to make that happen and um yeah finish finish the film for sure I, I think about that myself too because it's it's like easier like I have film ideas that I want to produce but like when you're working full-time and especially in the animation industry when you're working like contract to contract you're like I don't know when I'm yeah. gonna get my next contract so I better take this and then you take it and then like yeah. a year goes by and I still haven't produced that <laughs> thing I wanted to make and I'm like I'll do it when I don't have when I have downtime but then I don't know. It's just like this never ending game of yeah. like, I want to make a film. Oh, no, I'm working. And then it never happens. So I think it's good yeah. that you have doubled down and you're like, I'm going to produce this film right now. So maybe. OK, so so uh, I want to talk about this film because I think it's an important film and I think it's really cool. And I think, you know, I've been following you for a while and I, I I'm really impressed by the animation you've created, especially in school. Like I was not at that level at when you, I was not at the level you are when I was where you were if that makes yeah. sense <laughs> yeah but okay uh, let's let's well, talk you. about uh how you discovered stop motion in middle school yeah so it's kind of a funny like story uh my dad got an iMac like in like 2007 and randomly used his point and shoot camera to like make a little video of my cousin's birthday party okay. i i saw that he made a movie and I got super excited. I asked, like, Dad, can you show me how you did that? And so my best friend and I, we started making little live action movies. I showed them to my uncle. And he said, have you ever thought about trying stop motion? And I kind of intuited what he meant by that. But I didn't even know what those words meant, really. But the next thing I know, like, I I was, like, animating with some uh, Lego Bionicles just one picture at a time, like three frames a second. <laughs> and um, I, I showed it to my my best friend and uh, he and I just both got bitten by the animation bug. And every Saturday we would get together and just make movies together about characters knocking each other's heads off and Oh my you goodness. know, it general like junior the high. days of stop motion YouTube. I've never heard of somebody yeah. saying, oh, you made a, a live action video. You know, what you should try stop motion. Like, how, how, where did does, does your was your uncle like an animator? Like, like he just <laughs> he just suggested no, that. I think he's just always I, I've always loved drawing and, and doing origami and things and origami is another thing that he got me into actually um and i think uh he he grew up watching like uh gumby and pokey and, and right. uh davy and goliath and i i think he he just thought oh you should try making something like that because he loved it so yeah i yeah. it's maybe okay that's interesting to me because 
like the generation before us had like these major cultural influences like Davy and Goliath and Gumby that everybody knew about. Like if you ask somebody yeah. of a certain age, everybody knows about that and everybody knows it's like clay. But then like growing up, I didn't see, except for like Pengu, I guess, I didn't really see yeah. that much that motion. Like it was kind of lost to like the next generation for a while. So yeah, I mean, I had seen Wallace and Gromit, but this yeah. is kind of embarrassing but i it was like after i had been animating with clay for like i think over a year that it hit me that was the same thing i mean <laughs> like that... i had i had to see it again it was like oh wait <laughs> yeah wait that's stop motion yeah i guess you're you know you're right we had Wilson grumman and like chicken run and like those yeah. were influences and like chicken run specifically i remember like in middle school we had like a plasticine class and i was like doing my best to recreate the characters from memory so okay maybe maybe i take that back but yeah it's it's funny how like people don't know that stop motion is stop motion until you like really until they have like a eureka i guess so you're yeah so you're in middle school you're you're on an imac is that one of those macs that are like colored like it's like a box not not that old it was i think one of the first um aluminum body once oh, okay. they had yeah, just yeah. moved away from the white plastic iMac right um yeah so and, and that also meant that it was not the older better version of iMovie but <laughs> I I didn't I didn't know any better so I, I was just happy to have free editing software yeah I remember <laughs> using iMovie when I was in high school and you couldn't like make a single you couldn't make a single frame you had to like yeah you had to like time it so i just put it like 0.01 second or whatever and then whatever frame yeah. that ended up being that was the that was the animation i used okay so you so you're you're making stop motion videos with your best friend every week and that sounds like a dream and super fun yeah when when did you realize that this is something like because you're already doing origami and you're doing videos like you sound like a creative person when did you realize that hey i want to make this a bigger part of my life and like pursue this very seriously rather than like this is a fun hobby because a lot of people you know like I don't know you're playing yeah. soccer on the weekends with your friends every week but you're not like I'm gonna become a soccer player you know yeah no it's so true because both both my friend um Alex and I we we both said yeah this is a fun hobby but we could never make a career out of this and now here we are like over what 15 20 years later and we're both in the animation industry oh, you both are oh that's and, incredible yeah that's he's really a concept nice yeah no he's a concept artist now um and he's actually helping on on the other space so um but it wasn't until like about halfway through high school that um my my dad actually kind of pulled me aside and i i i was thinking of pursuing like kind of robotics mm -hmm. um and and engineering and he said i don't think you're going to be very happy doing that um i i think you should maybe think about pursuing animation and which which is just so weird because then like i i feel like it's the opposite of a lot of people's experiences yeah, where they have their parents that. are kind of trying to scare them off from it and my my dad tried to kind of encourage me like hey you should maybe actually consider this. I I think they did have some encouragement from my uh, my multimedia teacher in high school. Um, 
he's the one who told us about CalArts and he he told them I I think your son has a shot hmm. at this so wow. I think they got kind of some encouragement from him and then they encouraged me maybe you should actually <laughs> like that's incredible so in, this. so you so you already stood out enough like in high school for your multimedia teacher to be like I think this kid has a shot in this incredibly difficult to get into animation school yeah I I am kind of surprised that he he saw that in me, I guess, because like looking back at it, I'm kind of like, oh dang, I that that was some stiff competition. I'm surprised he thought I had a chance. Yeah, that's but, incredible. Yeah. I also think it's funny that you were like, I want to choose a mathematical engineering driven profession. And your 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 parents were like, hold up. <laughs> <laughs> We don't think you're going to be yeah. happy. I think that's amazing. That sounds super supportive. Yeah. You know, a lot of people all around the world I talk to, especially in stop motion, because it's such a such like a niche thing to pursue. And if you pursue it, you really have to put your heart into it. Where I've yeah. talked to people who were engineers and then yeah. they, they were like, I'm not happy with this. And then they got into stop yeah. motion or something else related. Like, I think that's, I think that's super interesting. How did, you know, do, looking back now, do you feel because like when I talk to these people, they're like, I had to really like dig deep into my heart and realize this is what I had to do or I would not be happy. And it was so difficult to like go against yeah. the stream and my friends and my family and nobody around me understood. I'm, I'm like this. This sounds like the exact opposite, which I think yeah. I would, you know, is incredible. How does it <laughs> feel looking back like to know that you were kind of nurtured to do this thing and now you're doing it? Um. It's it's kind of encouraging, I I guess, because um, yeah, I think uh a lot of my my drive in life just comes from enjoying making things and building things. Yeah, and that was always the part of um, like engineering that uh I I liked was like I would build with Legos um like make the Lego Mindstorms robots and stuff. Um, but I think it was always kind of the building aspect that I, I loved. And um, so, and almost kind of the animatronic side of it. So in some ways it always was animation. I It just took me a while to realize that, that that's what I, I loved is bringing things to life, so. Yeah, it makes sense. Um, because like, if I think about robotics and whatnot, like that's math, I guess, and coding and yeah, experimenting. That's the, yeah, the, the coding side is always the side I hated, so, <laughs> which always irked my dad because he, he said, you know, if you're going to, and, and even in animation, he, he still thinks that I should learn some coding, that it would help me. But uh, he is a math teacher, so. Well, that makes sense. I'm well, yeah. I'm I mean, I don't think it can hurt. You might discover yeah. a new way of movement or that you wouldn't think of before. I don't know. So how does it feel now that your, you know, animation is basically your life and you're working full time on this film that you you've had in your mind? Uh it's fun. Yeah. I um I mean working independently right now where we're still in the middle of funding is kind of nerve-wracking. Right. But um yeah, uh, working uh, in stop motion has been um, 
super fun to to get to push puppets around for for a living that that's fun yeah yeah i mean it is it is i i mean for me it's fun it's also extremely frustrating yeah (laughs) it's yeah it's got it's it's exciting it's anger it's uh (laughs) it's patience it's crying it's yeah. <laughs> it's every emotion basically it's like i don't know when i'm when i'm animating i feel like it's the best way i know how to like express who i am somehow because i'm like mm. telling a story uh with the characters and the movement that i think is best conveyed it and it it like yeah. I, there's nothing like it for me that i've discovered elsewise it's yeah. got like the design that i like it's got like you know, the imagination of a different world. It's got the animating. It's got bringing something to life, telling a story, showing people. So, yeah. Um, why don't you give me a little bit of like a headline of uh, the other space? Like, what what is this film that you're creating and you're in the middle of about? Yeah. So the other space is about a young boy named Otis um, going through his initial uh, cancer diagnosis and using his imagination to um stay positive in the midst of that wow um, that's a <laughs> that's i think i mean i know a little bit more about your project um if you're listening we're gonna get into it but yeah. i think it's i think it's very interesting because i watch a lot of stop motion i've been like basically every single day that i've existed since I was like 12, I've been, I scour the internet and watch stop motion. It doesn't matter who's made it. If it's a movie, it's on YouTube, it's on Instagram. It's on like, I'm just watching stop motion all the time. And most stop motion is about um, like taking uh, like a world that's not based in reality, you know, like, yeah, there is for sure. But it's like, you know, you're telling a fairy tale, you're telling a horror story, you're telling a fantasy story. Um, and yours does kind of both, but you know, why do you, why, and maybe you can talk a little bit more about why you chose, uh, like a cancer, um, uh, a kid with a cancer diagnosis as the, as the story, but like, you know, why is your, why is your story grounded in like a very real, realistic, um, like human experience, uh, topic, I guess. Yeah, well, it it comes from a really personal place for me. Um, In 2012, I was diagnosed with uh, bone cancer. And um, I think creativity was a really huge outlet for me in the middle of all of that. Um, I I was constantly doing origami (laughs) while I was in the hospital. And um, then whenever I I got home, the first thing I'd want to do usually was animate. Because uh, I couldn't have my computer with me at the hospital, so I was always excited to to get home and and animate. Um, and uh, I like the initial idea for the other space was based off of kind of this image that popped into my head of uh, a boy uh, and his horse kind of transitioning into an image of a boy and his IV pole. Hmm. Um, Like kind of, you know, instead of holding the stirrups, he's holding his IV line. Um, And when that image popped into my head, I I got really excited because I realized like, oh, you could almost tell like a, a story where a kid is using their imagination to process all of the things that they're experiencing 
Um, and uh, yeah, initially the film was using all different types of like kind of movie metaphors for what uh, he was experiencing going through treatment. And um, then I realized the sci-fi metaphors were coming a lot easier to me and that sci-fi just has more opportunities to uh, explain what what is happening to you when you're going through cancer. And so as the film evolved, it, it became like this kind of um, real life medical drama situation and, and fantasy sci-fi epic um, that uh, is almost kind of, uh, it occurred to me like after um, I, I got uh, deeper into the story that I, I feel like I, I definitely was inspired a, a good deal by Calvin and Hobbes and the way that he's always using his imagination to uh, understand what is happening to him. Interesting. So, um, so I guess, correct me if I'm wrong, but you're using, so you, you were like, when you were going through cancer treatment, you were making origami every day and then coming home to animate it, which is, is really, it's, it sounds exciting, but also terrible. Yeah. If, I, if that makes sense. Um, yeah. And then like, you're using this film as an opportunity to, um, like uh, bring through the story of how you experienced, you know, going through this? Uh, yeah, I mean, I, it obviously isn't exactly how I experienced things. I was a little older when I was going through treatment. I was 16 and Otis is supposed to be around nine or 10. Um, so I feel like, uh, I you know, I was a little more intellectual in the way that I was actually understanding treatment. But in terms of um, how I was uh, kind of in part dealing with the emotional aspect of being in the hospital all the time, creativity um, was very therapeutic. Yeah. Um, so uh, making origami just kind of is a meditative thing to um, create something and and slow down and take my mind off things um, or, or think sometimes because if it's something I've folded a bunch of times then it doesn't take as much thought uh, to you know the, it, it was just very therapeutic um, and so for for Otis and his story I wanted to kind of show like the active side of how you could use your imagination to understand what's happening to you because um, I saw a lot of kids in the hospital that um, were so brave, uh, but they they just couldn't quite understand yeah. what what was happening. Um, I had this one kid that was uh, a roommate, hospital hospital room roommate of mine, uh, pretty frequently, that took everything like a champ but he was scared to death of the uh, blood pressure cuff. Um, the way that it squeezes your arm, I think was just uncomfortable for him. I think he was like three or four. And um, so the way that he uh, reacted to that um, in some ways 
is the sort of thing that I hope uh, the film could help kids with is to see uh, here's here's situations you often find yourself in and here's how you can face it with courage um because he he at one point (laughs) with that patient uh we did have like the nurses like draw back the dividing curtain between uh our hospital beds and um have them take my blood pressure so that he could see um you know here's here's what's supposed to happen like you don't need to freak out and um he he saw that and um it, i think it kind of inspired him a little bit to to try a little harder not to freak out when the blood pressure cuff was squeezing his arm he still ended up freaking out but he actually did try to like not not let it get to him for a minute because he saw someone handle it better and um so yeah that, that's kind of um emotionally what inspired the film for me is uh just showing uh kids a really positive example of how you can go through treatment well especially when um so often the portrayal of, of cancer uh patients particular particularly uh pediatric cancer patients is um just kind of the the stuff that you see for for fundraising, which which is great, but often depicts uh, us as really sad and miserable and um, down in the dumps. Where yeah, you have you have times where you are barely have any energy and you're not feeling good, um, but that's not representative of what. Uh, kids going through cancer are always acting like and it's it's certainly not I think what uh we would want to aspire to when we're in that situation to just be um sad all the time so so do you when this film is finished do you hope that it is it is given as a tool in places where kids are experiencing cancer treatment yeah I mean um I I I do think I want to maybe try to get into a few film festivals just to see if something greater could come of the film. Um, but by and large, my primary goal is purely just to get it into hospitals so that uh, patients there can have it as a resource, um, something that they can identify with and be entertained by, and also something that uh, could be um kind of a, a little educational not in a dry sense at all but right right of um, course oh it sounds like it to me yeah. I mean, like you know I've seen some clips of it and and there's the side where it's like based in what's really happening in reality and then there's the sci-fi side of like you know overcoming challenges and making it exciting and fun to watch I think it's I think it's very honorable that you've decided to like take this this love of stop motion and the skills you've gained by going to school and practicing for years and years and to create something like this to as a as a potentially a tool for kids who are going through something very hard, which you went through as well. I think that's, I think that's, I think it's, I, I don't know. It, it makes me happy. <laughs> um, I'm glad. Yeah. yeah. And I think it's a great goal as well. You know, like um, how does it feel 
you know, as you're creating this film and having have gone through some of these experiences yourself, how does how does how does your you know how how are you feeling when you're maybe producing in a more emotional scene or you're working with people who may not really understand um, what it because you have a team what it what it meant to go yeah. through an experience like this like how does that how does that feel for you? Yeah, I mean there are definitely uh, there are some scenes um, when I was animating that. Uh, I, I was getting emotional at points um, working on it because I was channeling everything that I, you know, felt um, and, and putting it into that. And it was um, hitting home for me uh, it, more than, you know, anything else that I've animated, I think, uh, has impacted me emotionally while I'm working. But um not necessarily in any way that uh, kind of got me down, but it was just kind of reliving some things in my head and um, not, uh, it was just kind of crazy to be like, wow, yeah, I, I lived through that, um, you know? And uh, yeah, I mean, when, when I animated, um, you know, what's what's done on the film so far, that was, uh, geez, four, four or five years ago now. And so um, it was even that much closer to, uh, for, you know, I wasn't as far out from treatment then as I am now. I, it's been, you know, another five years since, yeah, right. since, since treatment. Um, so uh, it's, yeah, it's kind of crazy to to think about. Um, yeah, yeah. I mean that that makes total sense. And you know, I, I uh, for me, like stop motion has always been such an internal passion, like that. I I cannot put my emotions yeah. into it, and and I I think that's also part of what I think most people in stop motion really feel connected to in a way. So that makes sense. Yeah. I'm wondering, you know. You've been working on this film for quite a few years now. Um, you started, you had you had the idea in your initial year at CalArts, and then um, you started it as your thesis film. Is that correct? Yeah. So, uh, well, I actually, I had the idea, like, the, it was literally the day I submitted my application <laughs> to CalArts. Um, and it actually, it kind of bummed me out because one of the the things they encourage you to put in your portfolio is ideas for projects you want to oh, make. No. <laughs> and, I mean, I think I was kind of out of time to like develop enough to add that, but yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah so I, I, and that was like, you know, a very raw, like I just got the idea. Um, but I, I got to CalHeart's and um, I had already started working on, on some concepts and I actually made some puppets already. Um, nothing that ended up in the film as it exists now, because this was back when it was part Western. Um, but uh, I, I showed it to my mentor. I was like, I, I think I want to do this for my first year film. And she said, no, no, this, this idea is too good. You have to like save this refine your skills do this for your thesis film or at least like wait a year or two yeah, right. um, so uh i uh 
I, I was kind of um, bummed in some ways because I was like, I, I want to start working on this now, but that is good advice. And now I need to come up with another idea for my first year film. Um, so are you happy you waited those couple of years before you started? Yeah. You're right. <laughs> yeah, for sure. And and it also gave me the time, like, um, I made other films my my second and third years at CalArts too. And, uh, but the, the whole time, like in, like my writing classes at CalArts, um, I, I was always bringing in new versions of um, the other space and refining it um, so that uh, I could really make it stronger than just if even I put one year into it, I, I really wanted to take my time in the story development process. Yeah, it makes sense, um, and it, especially because it's like a, a project that's near and dear to you. Um, I'm wondering, you know, can you give an overview of where the project is now? Like, you know, production wise, I know you have a team built and you've got this Kickstarter and you've got a whole bunch of scenes done and the puppets. That, like, can you can you give me like an overview of like where it's where it's at right now? Yeah. So um, my initial uh, concept for the film was for it to be uh, this seven minute epic sci fi adventure. And um, I was chugging away at it at CalArts and uh, a couple of um, my mentors, um, uh, David from Open the Portal, uh, especially, they kind of pulled me aside and said, um, hey, you, I, I, don't, I don't think you're going to make it schedule-wise if you want to finish your film at school. And... Um, seven minutes <laughs> yeah so you know I had seven minutes and it's all precious to me so I didn't know what to cut they suggested cutting three and a half minutes out of the middle of the film and it, I think it's a great idea I have no regrets doing that in the moment um it made sense I did finish the film um in school uh because the, the plot is still intact but I felt like I cut the emotional core out. Hmm. And so then after I, I graduated and started working in the industry, um, I was still just sitting on my film, not quite sure what to do with it. And it occurred to me, I don't think I'm ever going to be happy fully releasing this thing until those three and a half minutes are added back into the, the film. Um and uh, so I I realized that, you know, okay, if, if I'm going to do this properly, I should probably um, raise some money <laughs> to, um, so that I can focus on it and give it the time and attention it needs. Because um, when I was in CalArts, my, my goal for the film was for it to be kind of like, yeah, I, I don't know if I quite achieved it, but almost at like kind of Bix picks, like low uh, budget feature film level, like quality animation. And um, so I, with, I, I realized like if I'm actually going to give this the time that it needs, I, I need to raise money. Um, and uh, uh, a friend uh, recommended 
doing crowdfunding. So started looking into that and um, just kind of pulling uh, a team back together that um, people from CalArts that had helped me on the project, um, a bunch of uh, my, my closest friends at CalArts were in the music school. Um, I think I had more friends uh, that were composers and um, musicians than animators. <laughs> and so, um, which was great each year when I, I wanted to uh, have a score made for my film that I'd be like, hey, uh, do you want to take a whack at this? Um, and uh, one of one of my good friends uh, ended up doing the score for the other space. And so, um, uh, you know, obviously want to bring him back in the project. Uh, that's that's Keon. Um, and then uh, my good friend, uh, Kevin, has been working in sound ever since he graduated from CalArts. So he's going to be doing the uh, sound design and uh, then um, my uh, my best friend uh, Alex is the one that I grew up um, animating with since middle school. And he's an amazing concept artist now, and so he's going to be doing backgrounds and stuff. So, um, and and my wife is uh, helping produce, and she's going to uh, fabricate uh, with me on the film. So, yeah, just kind of pulled together uh, close friends that. Um, I know could could do the work and yeah. we're excited well, I, to do it. I'm really impressed that you didn't let your film idea go because like it's it's so hard to open up a project that is like quote unquote finished in what yeah. it was supposed to be and say like nope this isn't done and I'm gonna reopen it up like every once in a while I think of doing a kickstarter or crowdfunding and I'm terrified I don't think anybody's gonna donate yeah. to me I don't know if I have it in me to really go hard and like, like how yeah. did it feel to be like, all right, I'm actually going to do this, especially when you've already been working in the industry and to say like, I need to take a break. I need to produce this film. Yeah. I'm hundred percent in, I'm going to do it. I'm going to start a Kickstarter, what, et cetera, et cetera. I'm going to call up all my old friends and be like, Hey, remember that thing I did five years ago or whatever, <laughs> like, we're doing yeah. it again. <laughs> <laughs> like how did, how did, how did you, how did you go all in? So um, I feel like I, I kind of saw how the industry was slowing down mm. some, that there were larger gaps between my contracts. And um, I, I was always kind of noodling on, on the film, like when I had time anyway. And I realized that... Um, if the industry keeps slowing down like this, I'm probably going to have a gap between contracts that could totally work to produce this. And um, it, it definitely is terrifying, like putting, uh, like actually putting myself out there that way with a crowdfunding campaign. Um, I, I, I am nervous if we're going to reach our goal or not. I, I am up. I'm optimistic, yeah. but I, you know, it's nerve wracking. Um, so what, what what happens if you don't reach your goal? So um, with Kickstarter, if you don't reach your goal, then um, everyone who's, who's pledged money uh, that like 
Kickstarter doesn't charge their cards or anything. Um, the project just kind of, you know, it 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 didn't happen. Like like from Kicks Kickstarter's perspective, like you didn't reach your goal. We're not going to charge anybody. And um, I, yeah, I, I did look around at other crowdfunding sites, and um, I know uh, Indiegogo and and others allow you to. Um, to raise money and not have to reach your goal. Uh, but um, I feel like the budget that we've put together, uh, this is like the, the minimum budget that we need to move forward. And um, I feel like it's realistic enough that um, if we're not able to hit that goal, I don't think I'd want the money anyway, because it would just be frustrating to then have to find uh, time to chip away at the rest of the project um, while working full time on something else. Uh, so it's it's kind of as far as the, the Kickstarter itself is concerned, it's kind of an all or nothing situation where if uh, we don't reach our goal, I'm going to have to go back to the drawing board and try to figure out how are we going to make this happen? Because I still want to do it no matter what. Right. Um, but uh yeah, it's uh, yeah, it's it's nerve wracking right now. But, that does sound very nerve wracking. Yeah. Um, yeah, especially I mean, what you said. My first thought was like, why not go with Indiegogo where you'll still get money and then you can produce it. But then yeah. what you said makes total sense to me because like, why would I produce this and then kill myself while trying to work if I didn't yeah. get the funds to make it worth everybody's time? And then yeah. also you have to like give rewards and stuff possibly. And you don't like, you weren't fully, that makes a lot of sense. So I really hope you, yeah. I really hope you, yeah. <laughs> you get it. That would be incredible. But also, you know, I think that's yeah. a good call to like for yourself, even just like physically, emotionally, mentally, just to like, be like, all right, back to the drawing board. How can I make this happen? I mean, I really yeah. I do think this is a, a great story. And if you're listening, I encourage you to, to go to the Kickstarter. I'm going to put a link in the description of this. Um, so interesting, interesting. So what what left has to be done on the film? Because you've already filmed uh, four four minutes, and you have three and a half. That's the three and a half minutes that have to be filmed still. Yeah, got you. Yeah, you still have all the same old puppets and everything. You've saved them, or you have to build new ones, or like, is it a little bit of a mix of both? And like, yeah. So um, the puppets are all still intact, in good shape. I'll, I'll have to make new. <laughs> yeah, I'll have to make new hands for them um just because they're uh latex and they uh you know they've degraded and i already put put some um damage <laughs> in just from animating them before um but uh the there aren't many new sets required i still have the hospital set nice. um and uh it actually is also giving me an opportunity to go back and, and fix a couple of issues with the original, uh, the original film, some of the stuff shot in space. Um, I was doing a rear projected backgrounds. Yeah. Um, and I didn't realize that the bit depth and resolution for what I was projecting really mattered. <laughs> and that when I went to color correct, if that wasn't there, it was going to fall apart. Oh no. <laughs> so, um, and uh, it's also giving me an opportunity to redesign Otis's spaceship a little bit. I had never um, 
like settled on a design for like rockets in the back of it. So in the original version of the film, there's just holes in the back of the model. And I, I figured I, I would add something in post and that never happened. Oh. <laughs> um, so, uh, you know, there's lots of little things like that that um, I'll be, be updating, but mostly it's really just animating that um, three and a half minutes that's missing. And um, yeah, there's, there's not a ton of fabrication. It's mostly uh, animation. And um, so, um, yeah, we're trying to uh, just make sure that I'm not going to do rear projection. I'm going to get a big TV and do kind of, kind of like what they did in the Mandalorian, I guess, uh, where um, just because there's so much, there's so much um, stuff in this film that's so shiny that I, I can't even do front like back backlight and have it pull a clean mat without it still needing a ton of roto. So hmm. um, I've got to have practical moving backgrounds. So makes sense. Makes sense. I mean, I like hearing yeah. the process behind it. And I, you had posted a bunch of stuff a long time ago, hadn't you? Cause, but I don't yeah. take it down or something. Cause I remember, I remember like when I remember seeing a bunch of stuff like years ago already and being like super yeah. impressed and like your puppets, like the character design like stood out immediately is like kind of different than what was everybody else was doing. So like, um, I think, I mean, everything I've seen looks amazing. The the sets, the lighting, the, the, the like big spaces you've created and it's like a fun, it's like fun sci-fi. Yeah. <laughs> also having like a heartfelt message. So yeah, I'm really excited to, to fingers crossed see it come the rest come together and it to be fully produced and you know you can finally do something with this that you always wanted to do and move on to the next thing i'm wondering you know yeah say you get the funding and you finish it and it does does well and ends up in hospitals and it becomes like this really cool tool <clears throat> how will you like what would that mean for you overall and like what what will you move on to next after that um i mean i don't have any uh in terms of like personal projects, I, I don't have any other um, stories that are ne even nearly like half as developed as this. Yeah. Um, but uh, I, uh, I, I think it would just, it, it would, it would mean a lot to me to just have this available as, as a resource for kids. Um, I think that would be the main thing. And I, you know, I, I'd be happy to just jump back into the, the industry, yeah. <laughs> you know, once, once, uh, once we're done with this and, um, you know, if, if I ever have any other ideas in the future, maybe I could try to do a Kickstarter again, but I, I don't know. We'll have to see how this one goes. And, you know, I, I feel like a lot of experience to, for this one anyways, regardless. Yeah. And I think, uh, you know, any other project, uh, I, I don't know if I have any other stories to tell that um, are are this personal and emotional, at, at least not yet. But that's, you know, you never know what you're going to get dealt in life. I, I never thought I was going to get diagnosed with cancer. So Right, of course. I mean, yeah. some people have an issue where they're like, I have 5,000 stories. I don't know which one to tell. And I think it's, I think it's great yeah. and special that you have such a strong 
compelling story to tell and you and you're trying to make that happen and and you haven't given up and it's been years and you're willing to do you know get out of your comfort zone do things that are scary like start a kickstarter call up all your old friends uh etc so i think i think that's fantastic and you know i hope the best for what's to come is there anything you know as we're maybe like wrapping up here is there anything that uh we didn't talk about that you wanted to share I'm not sure. <laughs> That's okay. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you know, we, I, I, it's been super interesting getting to learn more about your story. You know, I, I think it's really cool that your parents were super supportive. Uh, your dad was super supportive of getting into animation. Really unfortunate where yeah. you were dealt with in life, but I think it's, I think it's incredible that you're using, you know, your passion to kind of turn that into a story to help others get through something that you went through. I think that's, I think that's quite amazing. And, you know, I think, I think those stories need to be told and I really hope that this happens for you. So I'll be watching. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. Yeah, no, I'm, I, I'm excited. I hope, um, I hope the the Kickstarter continues to go well. We're like 40% funded right now, which is, yeah, almost halfway there and still, uh more days uh left in the campaign than have passed so great yeah well if yeah you're, if you're if you're not 50 percent through your campaign and you're almost at 50 percent funding that's i hope that's a good sign yeah, <laughs> yeah i know campaigns that have not hit their funding and then like the last day there's this big thing and then yeah. suddenly they overreach their goals so yeah no and i uh i know there there are some people that are are waiting that like I think want to give it the last the last minute so, just to keep you on your edge. <laughs> yeah, I, I I don't know, but you know I, I understand that everyone has their reasons for yeah. giving when 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 they decide to, and um you know it's yeah it's just <laughs> you know well uh yeah. yeah I mean you know best of best of luck with the project. Thanks so much for coming on. It's been a pleasure. And um, is there any final words that you want to say as we're as we're saying goodbye. Yeah, well, thank you so much for having me on. It's it's an honor to be on the podcast. And um, yeah, it's, it's fun fun to chat with you. Um, yeah. yeah. Cool. Thank, so. Thanks for coming on, Blake. It's been a pleasure. And, you know, if you're listening and you want to check out the Kickstarter, I'm definitely going to put a link to that. And as well as uh, Blake's website, which is pointblake.com and his Instagram, which is pointblakevideos. And all those links will be in the description of this chat. And that's all for now. So thank you so much for listening. Okay, bye. The music for this podcast was composed by Willem Mendo and the graphics by Luhan Wang. I encourage you to look them up if you've enjoyed their work.